Welcome to the 20th episode of Bravo Maestra. I'm Kalisa, and I am doing a double feature episode of The Real Housewives of Miami and The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I put a poll up on the Bravo Maestra Instagram asking what show I should cover for the 20th episode, and it was Miami. Well, the options were Miami, Beverly Hills, or Southern Hospitality, and because it was a tie, that's why I'm doing Miami and Beverly Hills. So let's go. I am going to start with Miami, and the episode opens up with Nicole getting her makeup done and looking absolutely amazing. She has such an amazing body. She is just stunning. And, you know, this is just my weekly announcement that I love Dr. Nicole and am jealous of her. (laughs) And the ladies are going to the church to go see Guadalupe. And Julia had shared with us her first season, the absolutely heartbreaking story of losing her son maximilian and she reminds us that she hired a nanny that was reputable on paper but eight days later her baby was in a coma and passed away from shaken baby syndrome which is just beyond tragic um and she shares that afterwards she went to church seeking answers and didn't find any so she has not been to a church since and again, just tragic and heartbreaking. And Julia was just so sweet saying she doesn't, you know, going to the church with the ladies, she didn't want to make it about herself that she's with her friends and she's supporting them. And the ladies arrive at the cathedral and it is breathtaking. I love cathedrals, but I don't know all the Catholic terminology, but they all walk in and are looking around and they go to the area like an altar to Guadalupe and all the women kneel next to each other and Larsa's on Gertie's left holding her and Alexia's on her right and Gertie's crying saying that she's scared and Alexia was whispering to her and I don't know what you guys thought, but it seemed really genuine to me. Like it did not feel like it was for the cameras. It felt like a very real moment. Like even for Larsa, like it felt very genuine um, that it was for Gertie. And I was really moved by it. Um, Like as silly as this show is, like this season has been so like emotional. Is that just me or have you guys felt that way this season? Um. Then Alexia tells us, I'm telling you from my heart that the only reason that I was able to get through Frankie's accident and recovery process was because of God directly and the Virgin of Guadalupe. I know that feeling to be scared. That's why with Gertie, I'm hoping that she's going to find peace and comfort in spirituality. I just love that. (laughs) And then she's crying. Then it shows us. Oh, my goodness. Then they show her crying and leaving Frankie's letter that she wrote with Frankie last episode. She folds up the letter and a photo of Frankie and she leaves it under a candle. And I know Alexia's a lot and she can be, you know, over the top, but I think she is just the most genuine and truly herself when she's vulnerable about Frankie and her spirituality. I love seeing those sides of her. Then they leave, and in the van with Gertie, Nicole, and Kiki, Gertie says how nice it was that Larsa was holding her and saying sorry, and I got you, girl, and that it was just a beautiful moment. And Nicole checks on Julia since it was she knows that it was hard for her being in a church since her son's funeral. 
And then in the other van, it's Lisa, Alexia, Marisol, and Larsa. And Lisa says that, or Lisa says, I wonder if the prayers worked. And they're all like, they do. What are you talking about? And she says, no, I wonder because I really prayed for today because today is the day. Because today or that day, she was supposed to hear news about the divorce settlement. And then Larsa, with her random words of wisdom, says, the thing is you don't pray when you need something. You're in communication. And when you need, when you do need something, God already knows. And I was like, wow, yes, Larsa. <laughs> and then Marisol comes in with her words of wisdom and says, not everything comes exactly the way you ask for it. And in hindsight, when you look back, your prayers are answered in a better way for you many times. And I just love these ladies. Like I've said it before, do not change this cast. Don't you guys think it is just perfection? Oh, I, I just love it. Then they all head back to the hotel to get ready to go on the gondola. And Lisa gets a phone call from her lawyer about the settlement. And the lawyer seems really happy about it, but Lisa does not. And I don't think Lisa will be happy about anything. Do you guys get that feeling? Like, I, I honestly, I mean, this won't happen, but I feel like even if she got everything, like even if she got full custody of the kids, if she got every last dime of Lenny's, I think she is so, rightfully so, I think she is so devastated by what Lenny has done and like the loss of this life that she was going to have forever. Well, even though all of us who are like, um, what kind of a life was that? Like he was such a jerk to her. And I don't know if you guys have watched from like OG Miami, the original like first seasons. Um, but he has always been a jerk to her, but like, she seemed happy. Like she says, like she was happy. She didn't know that like he wasn't treating her well. Um, like she would have been happy to be with him the rest of her life. So I feel like she just will never be happy with anything because she is so devastated with just like the loss of this life. And, um, and then on top of it, how he has treated her, like with the cheating and just with this mistress and how he's treated her like in the press and with what she says, like dangling carrots and then pulling them away and promising things and then taking them back and all of that. So I don't know. I just I don't think she'll ever be like happy about it. Um, and I don't blame her. I mean, it is it is incredibly horrible what he's put her through. Um, and then on top of it, Lenny calls and adds one more little thing to the settlement. And then we see Lisa, Larsa, Julia, Marisol, and Kiki in the van heading to the gondola. And Lisa tells them, Lenny doesn't want any man residing with her. And that's his little stipulation that he added to the settlement. And so they all just go on about how ridiculous and controlling that is and how she just needs to like get away from him. And then in the other van, it's Adriana, Nicole, Gertie, and Alexia. And they're all talking about Adriana's pride performance The next that's going to be happening the next day. And then back in the other van, Lisa says that she's not feeling well and she thinks it's because she signed the papers. They all arrive at the gondolas and I thought they looked so pretty and colorful. And I cracked up when Alexia tells us, oh, I got the opportunity to decorate them. Well, I got to pick the name. <laughs> like, those are two completely different 
things. Like she picked the name Miami Mommies for someone else to paint on the gondola. But I just think it's so funny for her to say like, oh, I got to decorate them. Like just imagining Alexia like going and picking paint and like being out in the sun, like painting this gondola and designing and putting all these like pretty decorations on it. When in reality, like she just told somebody like, uh, yeah, Miami Mommies, go ahead and name it that. (laughs) I don't know. It was so silly. Um, and it just looks so beautiful where they are. Like the water and the weather looks so pretty. I'm like, oh, this looks so nice. But they all get on the boat and Lisa starts crying and saying she doesn't feel good. And she says she feels like she lost something and feels weak. And Larsa tells the group that Lisa has anxiety. And Lisa says, I feel like I failed. And Kiki says, you did not fail. He failed you. And I loved that. Like, that is so perfect. And like what a way to just help i mean i don't think lisa really absorbed that <laughs> but really like we all need that friend to just like try to help us pivot our perspective on things like i can see why lisa would think that she failed but like we need that friend to be like no 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 it was not you he's the failure here he did not hold up his end of the bargain so i love that and Honestly, I feel bad for Lisa and the ladies right now. I think we've all been in a situation like this with the gondolas, not with like the Lenny situation, Um, the gondola situation. I feel like we've all been in it either as a Lisa or one of the ladies, right? Like Lisa has every right to be sad and upset and feel anxious and weak and weird and to grieve her marriage and the loss of her lifestyle and all of that. But this is just not the right environment for that, right? But the ladies also have the right to be on a vacation and have fun on this cute gondola ride in a beautiful setting on a girl's trip with their friends. Like nobody is happy right now. And this is not a good start to this gondola ride. So they all tell Lisa it's hard. And Marisol says, you have such a wonderful partner going through it with you. And Lisa says, Oh, yeah, the other night, like I was crying, and Jody said, I feel like you're crying over Lenny. And Gertie says, like, no, it, it's the symbolism of losing the family unit. And then Lisa's like really crying now, like sobbing. And all of the women are being very supportive of Lisa. And looking at the group, they've all been through divorces. And a couple of them say in their confessionals, like their experiences with divorces. Um, but looking at the whole cast, they've all been through divorces or breakups with their kid's dad, except Gertie. And Gertie says, because Lisa's like, oh, I'm so jealous of you. Or, you know, like, I I hope it never ends or whatever. And Gertie says, well, it's, it's not easy. And then Gertie tells us that she never thought she'd be in a position where Russell would be her sole provider, like going through this health journey. Um, like she has to rely on Russell and she never thought she would have to. But Lisa has put herself in a position where she's relying on a man and this situation is unfortunate, but at least it's teaching Lisa to be independent and realize she can stand on her own two feet. But Lisa doesn't want to be independent and stand on her own two feet, right? Like she wants to be taken care of. Like, and again, like I've said before, I don't think that's 
there's anything wrong with that. Like if that is what you want and you can find someone who wants to take care of you and like have you be dependent on him, then that's fine. Like everybody has their own situations. So I just feel like every time the women are like, it's fine. Like you can do this on your own. She's like, no, like I don't want this. (laughs) So all that advice and like trying to be inspirational is just falling on deaf ears. Um, But yeah, but I see what Gertie's saying. Like, yeah, you've kind of set yourself up into this situation where like it can all be taken away and now look at what you're left with. Um, And then I made a note here, like all the women on the gondola, that Alexia looks so freaking pretty. Like she always does, but this look with her blonde hair and her red sunglasses and her red lipstick matching, like she looks like a pinup girl. She just looked stunning. Um... Then Emilio Estefan calls Adriana to talk about her upcoming performance. And then Alexia tells us kind of what I talked about last episode, that her and Adriana have been through a lot and like been at each other's throats, but that Alexia can still support her. And I I really love that. Then Adriana does a cheers to Lisa getting through this whole situation and then turning into the butterfly that she will be. And then Larsa says, I'm glad Lisa's with us and not driving Jody crazy because I think he's probably at the end of. And then Lisa cuts her off and tells the group that last week she snapped at Jody and that he was like, I'm just trying to help you. And (laughs) I love this. And Larsa says, by the way, if you lost Jody, you would regret it because you're going to be screwed. (laughs) You guys, that was my favorite part of the entire episode. And I am going to sound like such a dork, but I have just been randomly saying that line. You would regret it. (laughs) Like Lisa is having such a horrible day. And then Larsa is literally her best friend in this group. And it's like out kind of out of nowhere. I mean, they are talking about Jody, but like for her best friend to just say, by the way, if you lost Jody, you would regret it because you're going to be screwed. <laughs> like what the hell? What a nice friend. <laughs> and Lisa says, no, no, I love him. And Larsa says, because I don't know anybody who would take your shit. No offense. Like I love you, but and Lisa says, that's an effed up thing to say. And Larsa says, I just mean you're needy. I don't mean it in a bad way. <laughs> Lisa says, and you're like a bully. And Larsa just says, okay. (laughs) And then the ladies, I think all like to try to diffuse it, they all just chime in saying silly things and it kind of does just end. Um, And then they're floating along and Adriana points at a little house and says, we could be living in a house like that. And I don't want to jump too quickly, but was Adriana saying it in like a rude laughing way. I hope not. It made me uncomfortable, but I want to give the benefit of the doubt. But then some of the ladies are like, well, count your blessings. And Marisol's like, and you know what? I bet those people are really grateful for what they have. And Larsa says, yeah, they're probably really happy. And Kiki says um, to us, she says, in Haiti, like I was raised like that. And these women are really privileged and need to keep their opinions to themselves because these are real people trying to make an everyday living. And then we see the dogs and 
This scene did trigger me. I am an animal lover. I have a bleeding heart for animals. And one of my my dogs is a Sato, a street dog from Puerto Rico. And those dogs made me sad. And they did need a bath and bad. But the dry, like the gondola, oh my gosh, I don't know what it's called. What would you call the guy that was like pushing the boat? I I wrote driver, but as I say that out loud, that doesn't seem right. Um, but he and Nicole and Alexia had said that like the owners of the dogs feed them. And I rewinded it a few times and I'm pretty sure the dogs are outside of a house, like a home, and they didn't look skinny, right? But I was like, please bring them inside and bathe them, please. And also I was like, I hope there wasn't bones in that chicken, Lisa. And like she's lucky and those dogs are smart not jumping in after that. That's what I was thinking too. Like when she threw the food and some of it landed in the water, I was like, oh my gosh, if those dogs jumped in the water after the food and like drown because they can't get out. Because I don't know if you noticed like on the sides of the canal, it was just like smooth siding. Like they wouldn't be able to get out. I was just like, oh my gosh, like this could have really – I could go on and on. Like this could have gone really bad. Um but did you guys notice Julia was standing up too? When I rewinded it, Julia was standing up with Lisa. Like they didn't focus on her, but Julia was standing right next to Lisa. Was she throwing food off the boat at the dogs too? Anyways, they're like, come on, Lisa. And she's like, it's better than what they're being fed. And then Lisa's like full on yelling. I was trying to help animals because I love animals. And she's standing up. And Kiki says, don't get up. You get up with me, then it's going to be something. And Lisa, like a little brat, stands up like, huh, like literally hands on hips. And Gertie even puts her head to the side looking at her like, really? And Kiki says, don't do that. You don't do fingers. You don't get up. You don't scream at me. And Lisa says, I'm standing up. What are you going to do about it? And Kiki says, sit down like three times. And I think like a few of the other ladies say it too. Like Lisa, sit down. And Kiki says, sit down like three times and then tosses a, a juice box at Lisa. And Lisa and Gertie are like, oh my gosh, what? And Lisa's like, you just threw something at me. You just assaulted me. You guys, what she said and even the way she said it literally sounded like a joke. Like the way she said it sounded like she was like, you just threw something at me. You just assaulted me. Like it sounded not serious. Now, do I think Kiki should have thrown the juice box? No, that is not cool to throw something. But you just assaulted me. Are you kidding me? She didn't throw it. It was not like this overhand throw to the face. Like it literally was like a toss at like it like grazed her legs. And she said over and over, sit down. Lisa's like a foot away. Like at first I was like, it's Lisa. What is she going to do? But I'm also like, no, Lisa's a foot away from Kiki standing over her yelling. Like Lisa is full on yelling. If someone was a foot away from me standing up yelling and I'm saying, sit down, sit down, sit down, like Larsa said, like, I might do something that I normally wouldn't do. Like, you're trapped on a gondola and I'm saying, please sit down, like, talk to me normal. What are you doing? And everybody's saying, sit down. And somebody says, I'm standing up. What are you going to do about it? Like, that is not okay. Ugh. I, like, it really was pretty wild. And then... 
Kiki says, um, if you're going to be talking to me, you're going to sit like a woman. And also Kiki is saying this calmly as Lisa has been yelling this whole time. And to make it worse, Lisa yells, shut the F up. And then they have a shut the F up battle, literally just back and forth. No, you shut the F up. No, you shut the F up. No, you shut the F up. And then Kiki stands up too. And Kiki's like, why couldn't you just talk? Why couldn't you just talk to me? Why did you have to stand up? And Lisa is like, I can do whatever I want. (laughs) And Kiki's like, I can do whatever I want. And Lisa says, actually, you can't. Actually, you can't because you threw something at me. That is a salt. (laughs) And I started laughing because you guys, she literally said a salt. That is a salt. Then it cuts to Marisol in her confessional saying, not the juice box. Juice box always screams assault. Call the police. <laughs> and then Alexia says, where did she even get a juice box from? I didn't even know we there were juice boxes on the gondola. And then they're all trying to get Lisa to sit down. They're just like, Lisa, sit down. Like, come on. And she is full on screaming now. Like, she has lost control. Like it, it is like uncomfortable. She has lost control. She, yeah. And she's like, no, 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 I don't have to sit down. Don't ever effing throw something at me again. Pointing at Kiki with every word. Like she, it is a whole nother level. And Kiki says, if you're going to talk to me, you're going to talk to me woman to woman. Again, pretty calmly. And Lisa says, shut the F up. You throw something at me. Like screaming. And they're like, okay, okay, okay. Everybody's kind of like, like, all right, all right, this is too much. And Nicole just says, there's little kids. And so they all stop and wave and say, hola, hola. As like, I'm sure they've heard the screaming and the shut the F up like a mile away because we all know sound travels on water and Lisa has is literally screaming. So that's lovely. And then Lisa goes back to screaming saying, I've had a rough day. I just signed papers to end my marriage and you're going to come at me after I feed dogs because I think they're hungry. F all of you. Gertie starts crying and says, I can't do this. Kiki says she's shaking. Nicole laughs and says, guys, this is really stupid. The argument's stupid. It was stupid to throw something. It's stupid to fight over dog food. Then Larsa says that Lisa pushed Kiki too far and told Kiki to shut the F up twice. And it's not nice. And she actually told, I'm sure she told her to shut the F up like, I would say at least seven times. I didn't count, but it was definitely way more than twice. Um, and Lisa's like, well, F all of you. Shut the F up. And then you can tell Alexia's like, well, we can all say shut the F up to you too. And because seriously, everybody has been so supportive of her and have just been trying to like keep her calm and be like, come on, like Lisa, come on. Like even with the dog food, everybody's like, Lisa, stop or throwing the dog dog's food. Like Lisa, no, like, come on, stop. And have been pretty calm. And she has just told everybody to like, F all of them, F off, shut the F up. And Lexi's just like, well, we can say shut the F up too. Then Larsa wants to say a group prayer and just be like, we had a great morning. We had a good time. Like, can we please bring it back to a good time? And Lisa just refuses. Like she gets up and goes to the other end of the bow and is just like texting nonstop and literally refuses to join the the prayer circle. And Larsa's like, is she a two-year-old? 
And Ariana starts praying and she says something like, some of us need it more than others. And they're all like, stop. What kind of prayer is that? Stop. And when she stops, all of a sudden it gets like super windy and they're like, see what you've done? And just then like the gondola passes by like the Island of the Dolls, which I have actually heard about before. And it is creepy and very sad, I guess, like, um, this man was living on the island and saw a young – I, like, don't even want to talk about it, but, like, saw a young child drown and would, like, see her spirit and thought if he would put out dolls, like, the spirit would play with the dolls instead of, like, haunting him. But then, like, it became obsessive and now, like, these dolls are all over the island. And this, like, hits – the episode ends with um, Julia getting, like, very emotional. It hit her very hard. Um I'm like getting goosebumps just thinking about it. It was it was like creepy and sad. Um, so that was Miami. And then we're going to move on to Beverly Hills. So Beverly Hills begins where it left off last week with the ladies stopped and Crystal laying down in the van because she wasn't feeling well and like her veins were popping out. And Anna Marie tells us like, oh, it's so wild this is happening after she's downgraded my profession so many times. First of all, she has not downgraded your profession. You have lied about your profession and she has called you out on it, on the lying. And second of all, Crystal having a health issue right now does not have anything to do with your drama. So I'm sorry, shut up. And then what really put me over the edge was as she is sitting by Crystal, like she went and sat by Crystal laying in the van, Anna Marie like is sitting next to Crystal in the van, but looking out at the group standing outside of the van and says, I don't want her to go into a hypertensive crisis and stroke out. Um, who says that? in front of the person like having the medical issue, let alone a medical professional. Isn't that like bedside manner 101? Like, does she need her medical license or degree or whatever it was taken away? I don't understand this. Like, this is really nuts behavior, right? Oh my gosh. Anyways, Crystal gets taken to the hospital in an ambulance and which that would be really scary. I think it was Garcelle or Erica, someone says like it's scary going to the hospital in a foreign country and I just can't even imagine that would be really scary. Um, And she goes by herself. It was nice that Anna Marie offers – oh, well, I guess a producer did go because Anna Marie did offer to go with her. If I were Crystal, I'd be like, no, no, don't let her come with me. (laughs) Um, And they send someone like from production, I guess, to go with her. Um, And then the ladies go into the chapel – While in the chapel, Sutton and Kyle have a moment together and discuss Sutton's dad and Kyle's friend, Lorene. And Sutton apologizes for not being a better friend and tells us that it means a lot to Sutton that that she's rebuilding her friendship with Kyle. And Kyle tells us that she's happy to accept her apology, to accept Sutton's apology. But I'm sorry. Where is Sutton's apology from Kyle? Kyle has been an absolute a-hole shit friend to Sutton. Like, this really bothered me. Did this bother you guys? I'm, like, all worked up. Anyways, when they're in the van leaving the chapel, Crystal calls them and tells them she's on – 
she's still in the hospital and she tells them she's on a drip anti-nausea medicine um helped her and they gave her a prescription medication and she'll be meeting them at the house then the rest of the group heads to old town barcelona and they meet up with their guide manolo and they sit down for lunch and cheers to crystal and enjoying the rest of the day and then of course kyle brings up like oh my gosh it's crazy how anna marie and crystal went from yesterday to today like how they fought at dinner to then today like i don't know what like anna marie sitting by crystal and like scaring her that she might stroke out okay Anna Marie says that she takes her profession seriously and that it's a part of her and that it really hurts her. And Erica says that she thinks it's all in hindsight and that she doesn't think Crystal will say anything to her again. <sighs> Gosh, I'm like so over this Anna Marie stuff. I really am. Garcelle brings up Dorit saying things that make her feel a certain way. And we get the flashbacks to, you know, like feeling or when Garcelle said that, like, no, I'm so sorry. When Dorit says, like, you're attacking me, and Garcelle's like, I am not attacking you. Stop. Um, and Garcelle says, like, she doesn't think anyone in the group is racist, but she does feel a certain way sometimes. Dorit says that she appreciates that, and she says that this bubble you think I come from is actually very different than you think. And she tells her story growing up Jewish and that when she was a child, her family was the only Jewish people and they experienced anti-Semitic remarks, which is freaking terrible and incredibly sad. Um, Garcelle says that she wants them to be able to ask questions because they're all learning just like she just learned about Dorit. And the group says that they're thankful for being able to be open with each other and be able to share and connect. Then Sutton says that they have to get going because her friend Trevor is coming with his architect friends. And she tells us that Trevor is her friend from her 20s and that they both started with Merce at the same time. And he lives in Barcelona. Then she says she wants the ladies to know a part of her that's not an alimony collecting, gala going, vodka drinking, erratic, crazy lady that they think I am. And I'm just like, um, just own it, Sutton. Like, all of that sounds amazing. But I do understand what she is trying to say. She wants them to just see a different side of her and, like, get to know the full, full Sutton. And then the show just gets a little silly because I guess they've run out of time so they can't shop. And so Sutton sets a three-minute timer for them to shop. I don't know. Whatever. Then they go back to the villa and Crystal's there. They ask if she's okay and what did the doctors say? And Crystal says that it's high blood pressure and tells us that her family has high blood pressure and hypertension and it's something she knew she struggled with but didn't realize it could get to that, get to that point and they put her on medication. She thanks the group for being there for her and they're like, of course, we were worried about you. And Crystal says, I was scared and tears up and shockingly she leans into Anna Marie who hugs her I don't know guys Crystal tells us that she's never had to face her own mortality and that she was really scared and grateful to Anna Marie and I'm confused like what did Anna Marie do I don't get it oh gosh then Crystal FaceTimes with Rob and I think they're so cute 
Like the phone call was nothing special. He just asks her how she's feeling, tells her to take care of herself and if she's going to put stress on herself with traveling to drink lots of fluids. But I don't know. I just like them. They seem good and happy together. I don't know. What do you guys think? And here is my weekly declaration of love for Sutton. Earlier, I declared my weekly or it was my weekly declaration of love for Dr. Nicole. And here it is for Sutton. But she walks out of her room in the villa and like <laughs> because the villa is so old, the the hallways are like narrow and she bumps into the wall and in her southern drawl, she's like, oh, this house is very tricky. Well, that was terrible, but you guys know what I mean. Then she walks down the hall, stops and says, Garcelle, and then goes to knock on a door and goes, oh, don't use Merce, because she had started to tap on the door with the box that she put Merce's ashes in, and it made me laugh out loud like she was such a mess. Then we see Erica getting her makeup done, and she's just like rambling and is drunk, so that's like a foreshadowing to the rest of the night and the episode. <laughs> then Sutton's friends arrive and they're outside getting drinks and Dory and Erica walk out and Trevor's like, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. First of all, like my first thought was, I think I'm going to like Trevor. And then second of all, he's a fan, right? Did you guys get that vibe? Because then he goes, Erica, I'm afraid you're going to topple over. And she's like, oh, hi, what's your name? So like he already knew who she was and seemed a little starstruck. And she was like when Erica and Dorit walked out and she was like, I don't know who you are. Like what is going on? <laughs> and then um, he and Erica, Trevor and Erica are at the bar and it turns into a like, no, you go ahead and get a drink. No, you go ahead and get a drink. No, I insist you go. No, you go ahead. And then the rest of the ladies come out and then the chefs come out to get the paella going. And it turns out that chef storm remember chef storm from last episode that all the ladies were like falling all over about and i was like okay he's good looking but like let's relax um his dad is there and he is a chef as well and garcelle tells crystal like forget the child i'm going for the dad and crystal's like i'm 10 minutes ahead of you <laughs> and i agree with them like that i will just leave it at that <laughs> Then everyone else comes over and one of the guests starts talking to Storm's dad and Garcelle's like, tripper, tripper. <laughs> and there's more joking about like father and son and Sutton's like, I want him. And Crystal and Garcelle are like, uh-uh. And Sutton is so funny. She tells us, I mean, Garcelle would probably win. Her bosoms are bigger than mine. <laughs> but then again, I'm confused Garcelle is talking to Crystal about Anna Marie and Crystal says like, oh, well, I saw a kind and generous side. And I mean, I guess, but it doesn't take away all the ridiculousness from before, right? Like to me, Anna Marie just acted like any other semi-decent human being off of the street would act if a person was sh like shaking and saying they didn't feel well. Right? Like, I really do feel like I really missed something. Ugh. Then they all sit down to dinner, and Dorit says that she wants to hear all the dirty details about Sutton. So, what Trevor said, I feel like I said that weird. Trevor, sorry. Trevor says Sutton always acted like she was in charge, even when she wasn't, and that she was living in Brooklyn. And Erica goes, 
Brooklyn, what a dump. And Kyle's face was like, it was like that zoinks face, like, oh my gosh. And Sutton says she was poor and worked and was independent. And some of the ladies are like, so you hadn't met, met Christian yet? Christian, her ex-husband. And Kyle's like, no, she met Christian when she was 14. And Sutton's like, yeah, I was dating Christian. And Sutton says to Trevor, we met so many amazing people. And Trevor says, it was so much fun being with Merce. And Erica says, can I say something? I know you love Merce, but Merce was in a Ziploc bag. And all the ladies make faces like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe she just said that. Which I, I mean, I do believe she said that. But like, oh my gosh, it's so awkward. And Dorit tells us, I agree, he shouldn't be in a Ziploc. And Kyle tells us, like, at least a silk pouch or something. And Sutton tells us, which... I was kind of thinking it too, but again, I hate talking about this stuff, but she says, this is how people carry people's ashes in a plastic bag. Like you'd carry a goldfish and she like does the motion. Like she's carrying a goldfish in a bag. Oh gosh. But Sutton says to the group, Kyle's mom's ashes are in a bathroom somewhere. And Kyle says, I've seen too many movies where they get knocked over and vacuumed up. So my mom's in my guest bathroom. It's pretty though. Oh gosh. I hate this talk, but Anyways, then the guests get to talk about themselves and um, one of the guests like point at one of the women is like, this is the greatest architect in Barcelona. And then there's a woman who I'm not trying to be rude. Like she seemed very interesting, but she seemed very ready to be on camera. Like she had her monologue of her life story ready, right? Um, And then there was Erica. Like she knew everything or at least pretended to know everything this woman was talking about, like prophets and the Fertile Crescent and civil war and religion. And she did bring up a great point that even though she only has a high school education, which did you guys notice? She said, oh, I never got the chance to go to college. Um, You mean you just chose not to because you were spending money left and right and you had nothing but time. You definitely could have gone to college. But Anyways, um, she said that she spent a lot of time like entertaining and conversing with the people in her ex-husband, Tom Girardi's crowd, you know, and those weren't dumb people. Those were those were pretty educated people. So everyone's like, who are you? And Crystal says, Erica Drunk becomes like the world's oracle. And Dorit calls her drunk rain man. Um, and then Sutton pulls out Merce's ashes and Erica says, Merce is in the purse. And you guys, that along with Larsa's, you'll regret it. I have just randomly been saying Merce is in the purse. <laughs> But anyways, they all cheers and Erica just can't get out of there fast enough. And then Kyle is saying goodnight and she goes inside and is looking for chocolate. And Erica's very drunk in Garcelle's room, like dancing around being silly. And I was laughing out loud like she was acting so funny and she just looked funny, like dancing around in her dress in that tiny villa room with sunglasses on. And then Kyle goes in there, too. And Garcelle asks Erica, like, how did you know all that stuff? And Kyle's like, yeah, she was blowing everyone's mind. And Erica says that she was fortunate enough to know a lot of smart people. And she asked a bunch of questions, which I actually think that's really good advice. I think a lot of people should do that, like surround yourself with really smart people and, you know, have an open mind and ask questions and take it all in. 
but you know, that's just the teacher in me. <laughs> then Garcelle says, okay, you got to go. The chef's dad is coming over. And Erica goes, are you having serious? <laughs> I laughed out loud. <laughs> and Garcelle's like, no. Then outside we see Sutton and Trevor have a sweet moment. Trevor tells Sutton, you were a goody two shoes. And she's like, no, I wasn't. And he says, well, you weren't as comfortable in your skin as you are now. And she says, no, I wasn't. And he says, that's why I called you lady, because I always knew you'd grow to grow up to be a lady. You're right where you're supposed to be. And it was just, I don't know. It was really cute. Then we see them the next morning. Garcelle is helping Crystal with her new blood pressure monitor thing, and it's still showing like a high score, but it is a little lower, and Garcelle reassures her, saying like, you just started the medication. It won't go down overnight, and then they're getting ready to go spread the ashes, and poor Sutton, she is crying, and she's saying like she's losing it, and her makeup artist says that she thinks she's underestimating how heavy all of this is, and then Kyle comes in and is like, what, what, what's wrong? Tell me what's wrong. And Sutton says that she thinks a lot of her dad is wrapped up in this. And she says that her family spread her dad's ashes in Texas, but that everybody got to take a little bit of ashes, um, like with them and that she lost hers and that she's moved so many times and has never found them. And Kyle actually was very kind saying, that's okay. That's okay. Like your dad's not thinking about that. And Sutton says that her dad, Merce and her husband are the three most important men in her life and that she now has to let all of them go. And it's only her now. And Kyle said something that I actually did really like again. Um, she says, being alone can feel lonely sometimes, but also can feel good sometimes, maybe. And I know we're supposed to, like, be applying that to, like, her and Mauricio, but I am just going to choose to, like, not think about that because you know that it drives me crazy. But I just thought that that was, like, a good quote in itself um, to think about. And I I did think that she was being a good friend there. I don't know how genuine because it was Kyle, but... I don't know. I did. I did like what she said. Um, and my poor sweet Sutton. But anyways, I hope you enjoyed this double feature. Please let me know what you think. You can follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And rate, review, five stars only, please. And for fun polls and stories, follow on Instagram at Bravo Maestra, at Bravo, M-A-E-S-T-R-A. Thank you for listening.